Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I've got a special treat for you. Uh, this, I think, is going to be probably one of our best all-time episodes, and uh, I have the privilege of speaking today with Nina Cook. She helps business owners and experts whose business has plateaued to increase their income by changing their thinking. Uh, she's worked with hundreds of stuck and frustrated clients to bring them to the point where they've mastered their mindset so that doubling their business becomes really an effortless and automatic response due to the confident and courageous new thinking that they've developed after working with Nina. She does this by showing them how to remove their fears and self-doubt so that they can take big action to create the business income and freedom that they want. And Nina is coming to us today all the way from England near Cambridge. And uh, Nina, I am excited for this uh, to, to give everybody a little bit of uh, a little bit of background. You and I met um, about a week ago and you took me through your process. And so I, I can't wait to share uh, what I gained out of all of that with everyone. So welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, and I think this is such an important topic because at the end of the day, the, the, the real limitation for all of us running businesses is between our ears. It's, it's our own thinking. And, uh, and so I think dealing with these issues, even though sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable, uh, I think this is the, the, the most effective and easiest path forward, um, even if it is a bit uncomfortable. So I'm excited to dive in. Before we kind of get into the meat of things, though, I would love for you to give everybody some background so they kind of know where you're coming from and what got you to this point in your career. Absolutely. My background, I started off with working in the corporate world for Time Life Books. We had an office in Bond Street in London and I had a very big budget. I had lots of book products I took care of. And then I left there to have children. I took 10 years out and then I started my own business. I started a personal shopping business working from home and I did all the sales and marketing. I did all the sales calls. I booked people in. And then I had a team of personal shoppers, makeup artists. And we very quickly grew and became a nationwide business. So I started in London in the southeast of England. And a client phoned and said, do you do this in Manchester? And I thought, well, I don't. But I said yes to her because I thought I'll figure out a way. And the business was really... Um, it was a good business. It was profitable. I was able to combine it with my family because I was at my desk, you know, making sure everyone was at the right place at the right time. And my team were out there doing all the shopping and the makeup lessons. And even though it was a good business, I wasn't happy. I wasn't confident in myself. And I, I knew deep down this was having a real impact on how I could grow the business and how big it could be. And I'd always since a child, I've always felt very uncomfortable with myself. I never liked myself. I had very little confidence. I always hid away in the background. I thought I was boring. I had nothing to say. People wouldn't be interested in me. And I, I, I really stayed under the radar. And I know this had a huge effect on my, on my career. I, I missed out on promotions because I wasn't able to show myself and show people how good I really was. And it was really when I had children and I saw how they had this wonderful self-confidence 
And I realized I wanted some of that for myself. And I was very good at faking confidence. And people say, oh, you know, you, you seem really confident. And I thought, well, I may seem it, but I don't feel it. And there was a real disconnect within me. And I'd always been interested in self-help books. And I'd read a lot. And I tried certain things out, you know, courses online and going in person to training. But nothing had ever shifted significantly for me. And it was in... 2012 that I realized I wanted to seriously invest in personal development for myself because I I knew that I could change things but I didn't know how to do it I wanted to change how I felt about, about myself and I started um, training in NLP and hypnotherapy I liked the results I was getting they seemed to be you know my thinking seemed to be changing I was feeling more worthy and then I came across some training just by chance. A friend sent me an email, said, you might be interested in this. It's about limiting beliefs. And I explored this and I started uh, having sessions. And I'm not exaggerating, but it changed everything for me. And I was very skeptical. I had the mind frame that nothing's really going to work or it'll work temporarily. And then I'll go back to how I was. And it was only when I started realizing that actually I feel okay about being more visible I feel it feels okay to put videos out there and to have a bigger presence online and to start telling people about what I do and I stopped worrying about what other people thought about me and whether they would reject me or criticize me or judge me that just seemed to fall away naturally and I catch myself with my thinking every now and then I think wow that's different and I haven't had, I didn't have to use any willpower or determination or say any affirmations to start feeling this new confidence. And the best way for me to describe it is I felt as if I had to take up a very small space in the world before. And suddenly I felt more expansive as if I could move my elbows out a bit more and I could, my shoulders could be broader. And I felt I'm okay, I can take this space. And and this feels good. And I, I didn't, I stopped hiding and I started speaking up more. And it was a huge, huge change for me, not just professionally, because this helped my business hugely, as you can imagine, helped me to reach out to people and connect with people, feel equal, even if business owners were more successful than me. That didn't bother me anymore. And after I did all this training, I realized this is what I could do to help other business owners who felt stuck, who felt that they didn't have um, enough value, who were worried about uh, telling people about their businesses, worried about taking big action, their fears and insecurities. And I started working with business owners exclusively with thought leaders, experts who were having a big impact by but by leveraging their thinking, they could have a much, much bigger impact by getting out of their own way and working on their thinking. And this is what I do exclusively now. And I love doing this work because for anyone to share their thinking with me is such an honor and a privilege. And I give them that safe place where they can do that. And we were talking about this before, weren't we, where so many entrepreneurs, they rush by their thinking they don't pay attention to one of the most probably the most important asset they have their thinking and they're spending time on new strategies and building their team and processes and this stuff is so important but if they can spend that time that time on those external things then what could they gain by spending time on their thinking and becoming aware of 
where they're thinking small, where they're limiting themselves and doing some work on that so they can really start playing big within their heads and that would translate into taking really big, bold action in the world. You know, you said one word over and over again uh, as you described your journey. And I want to spend a little bit of time exploring that word a little bit. I think it's an an important one. And and the word that you used was confidence. And uh, I've come to believe that, that that is probably the most important word and one of the most important assets for any human and really certainly anyone trying to build a business um, is, is, is having that confidence. And of course, my wife jokes all the time that, um, that I never have a confidence problem. And, and of course, inside somewhere, there's somebody saying, well, but wait, you're not in here with me. Um, <laughs> how did you kind of, I mean, you had a successful business. You had a successful corporate career prior to that. To get to that level, you had to at least give the appearance of confidence on the outside so that people would do business with you or, or, or bosses would, you know, promote you through the organization. And how did you come to understand that that was sort of a, a root problem? It was the disconnect I had inside of me. And there were times at work, for example, when I worked Time Life Books, I had a very senior role. And I remember uh, there was a guy who had a similar role as me and we were both sort of level pegging if you like in the in, in within the business we were only probably earning the same sort of salary and i remember one day he came to me and he said i've just been promoted and i've got a pay rise and i looked at him and i thought i didn't know there was any promotion going and all that happened was that he'd been uh, networking if you like with um some of the more senior people in our office and um he'd he's got this promotion And I thought, this is a difference between me and him. He had the confidence to chat to people, just to, you know, have a laugh with them, a joke with them, get on with them, just be himself with them. And I never had the confidence to do that. I was so intimidated by authority and by senior people in the business. And I knew that I would never be able to do something like that. I didn't have the confidence. I was just too full of fear that they wouldn't like me. They wouldn't find me interesting enough. I wouldn't be able to sell myself, if you like, to them and showcase what I could do for them. My my results were brilliant. I didn't, I wasn't able just to talk to them, you know, off the cuff, if you like. And that really, really hampered me. But not just within my business, but socially as well. With very close friends and family, I was okay with them. I could be myself, but I couldn't be myself with other people. And I was so worried about how I was coming across that I couldn't focus on the other person. I couldn't really listen to what they were saying. I couldn't hear them. And now that I don't worry about what people think about me, because I know not everyone's going to like me. I can't please everyone. And that's okay. Now I can really focus on the other person without worrying about what they're thinking about me. And so once you identified this as, as something that you needed to overcome, um, how did you go about sort of resetting and, and creating a, a situation where you felt confident, if not all the time, at least most of the time? 
do you mean naturally or having to fake it? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, what's your experience now? Are you naturally confident now? Yeah. My experience now is that I, it, it just feels absolutely fine for me to take up the space I'm in and for me to reach out to people. So, for example, you know, within the business uh, realm, I reach out to people. I think I reached out to you and and you know, I'd want to connect with people. I like to build relationships with people. This is sort of marketing I really love doing. This plays to my strengths. And now I don't worry about getting a no. So if, you know, if I'd reached out to you and you said, actually, I don't think, you know, it's, um, it's worth us talking, that would have been fine because I don't take things personally anymore. And I think this is the key for me. Once I stopped taking things personally, I was able to feel much more courageous and confident about talking to people and feeling and I, I now I feel like an equal with everyone it doesn't matter how much they're earning it doesn't matter if they're more or less successful than me I know it's a level playing field we all come with the same amount of amazing stuff within us we leave with that as well and some people have skill sets that other people don't have that's okay because it's, it all equals out in the end and so my confidence comes from not taking a no personally because i know it doesn't mean anything about me and who i am it just means it's not a good fit for that person in that moment so sales conversations i don't feel fear around sales conversations they're just an opportunity for me to talk to someone and see if we're a good fit to work together and because i don't take things personally it makes it much much easier for me to ask and to um and to uh, build relationships with people and also to give back as much as I can as well. You know, I, I, I'm hearing everything you're describing and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to put myself in the position of, of, of one of our listeners right now who may be saying, well, that that's all well and good. But um, you know, I, when I have a sales conversation, I don't feel confident and I don't know how to get to the other side. So what, I, what I'd like to do, Nina, is I want to take a little break right here. And when we come back from the break, I, I want to dive into to how you work with people to get them to the point where they could feel confident, where, they, where they're seeing the world a little bit differently. Um, I, I, this is important work, and I want to make sure we, we can give it the time that it needs to be. So we're going to be right back with more from Nina Cook. We're gonna dive into how you can systematically develop your confidence. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. We're talking with Nina Cook today. Nina, um, before we broke, um, I, I love what you shared, this this whole idea of the importance of confidence and, and how you were able to go from feeling as though you were faking confidence and and now to this experience that you have of of true authentic confidence you're confident in a lot of situations or, or maybe in all situations um what was that pro process like for you or 
you know, if, if you don't want to go there, what, what was, what would the process look like for someone that you might work with to take them through and, and take them through that transformation? The process is, is so simple. It blew me away. The main, the big insight I had was it's not outside stuff that's making me feel fearful. It's not when someone says no to me. It's not feeling the fear of giving someone my, telling someone how much I charge or, you know, putting, um, uh, launching a product. None of that is causing my fear. It's all been caused by my thinking about putting my course out there, about having that sales conversation. And if it's my thinking that's causing my fear, then I can do something about that. I can't change what the events are going to be in my life. I can't change people. I can't make them think differently. I can't make them like me. I can't make them buy my products. But I can do something about my own thinking. So that was the first big aha moment I had. Okay, so if it is down to me, if it's all an inside job, then I can do something about that. And it really gave me back my sense of control and power. And the, the main, the founding foundation of the work that I do and the training that I've received is this, that we make up stories about everything that's going on in our lives. And the stories that we make up about ourselves as a result of maybe um, our childhood or, you know, um, what some, a teacher said to us or a boss said or whatever it is, the stories that we make up about ourselves, we believe to be true. So, for example, um, you know, if I had a sales conversation when I worked my personal shopping business and I was uh, at the end of the um, sales conversation, the, the prospect said, no, they didn't want to buy my service. I would come off the phone thinking I'm a failure. And if I um, if I launched a campaign and didn't work, well, then I was a loser and there was something wrong with me and I was never going to make it. And I just wasn't good enough and I was never going to be good enough. And I wasn't the sort of person who was going to earn big money. So all of these stories kept me very, very limited and they kept me in fear. And when I was in fear, I wasn't able to take big action because the consequence of that action might be that it wouldn't work and therefore I would feel bad about myself again. So this work is looking at all those stories we tell, tell ourselves, which are also our limiting beliefs. The, you know, things like, you know, as we said, I'm not good enough. Um, I, I'm a, you know, I'm never going to make it. I'm a fraud. That's a big one with business owners. Um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not competent. All of these limiting beliefs that we believe to be true. The process challenges each and every one of them so simply we're looking for the truth and we're getting rid of the lies and the lies are all these beliefs you have because they're just thoughts you made up in your head they're not actually true about you and I know they're not true about you or about any of our listeners because I have eliminated a lot of my limiting beliefs and they were never true about me because if they had been true, I wouldn't have been able to replace them with more positive beliefs. And I've done this many, many times with my clients. So, for example, I worked with a, a, a very successful business owner, but he was having inconsistent income. And we worked together. And one of his beliefs, big beliefs was, I don't matter. And three little words, I don't matter. Once he released that limiting belief, the next month, his income went up by, I don't know, something like 30% or so. And then every month after that, his income kept going up. And he put it down to working on his limited thinking. Nothing else changed, just that one thing. And 
it's, it's incredibly powerful. And this is why I said a lot of CEOs and, you know, really successful business owners, entrepreneurs, they sometimes bypass this part of their business. They don't look at their thinking. And it's so, so important because once you can have unstoppable mindset, then actually you can achieve whatever you want because it becomes very, it becomes much easier. Once you get rid of the fear and the insecurities, then actually there's nothing to stop you. You know, one of the things that we talked about on our first call last week um, as we were preparing for today was the idea that our perception of the world is is largely a grand illusion that we we create for ourselves. We sort of create our perceptions in our minds. And the the good news about that is that that because you create it, you have the ability, the power to change it. And you know, so many of I, I think particularly for those of us who are trying to build businesses and, you know, we have to go out and make sales. And I, a lot of the people who are going to listen to this are in businesses where, you know, they went and got trained to be an attorney or an accountant or an IT professional or something like that because they really were fascinated by that work. And then they came out into the world and realized, oh, now I got to go sell this because the reality of, of this is that it's, it's a business first and, and, and if I don't sell it, I can't do the thing that really fascinated me about this. And so um, oftentimes they're uncomfortable with that process. Um, and, you know, a lot of that comes from, I think, this perception that the world is a cold and dark and unfriendly place. And there are an awful lot of, of places where you can read or hear or be told that that's the truth. But I think if we all sat down to really recount our experience in the world, I know for me, at least personally, I have a very different experience in the world. It is generally a very warm, cooperative and friendly place. And, um, and, and so it's, it's so interesting how we will attach this perception to something that is, you know, in reality, completely false. And yet that'll drive our behavior, it'll drive our fears, and it'll keep us from doing the things that we want to do. Um, and, and I love the process. You took me through your process last week. And I, I've done a lot of this kind of work before. Um, and I, when I, you know, we got on the call, I, I was really a little bit unsure about where we were going to go or what we were going to, you know, end up with. And, um, and in almost exactly an hour, I think we went an hour and four minutes or something, um, you were able to to take me to a new level of thinking and uh, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I was frankly shocked at how, how just the few questions that you asked as we went through that hour together really got to the heart of the matter right away. You don't beat around the bush at all. Um, and you're very good at, at really diving in and picking out for people where, where their thinking really lies. Um, I'd love to understand a little bit about how you take, you know, you, you took me through that process. How do you, when you're, you're meeting with someone, how do you know where to go? How do you know where to find these false perceptions that they've got? That's a really great question. I 
I've never really thought about that before. I, I say the two things I bring to every conversation with a client are listening, deep, deep listening, and curiosity. I'm always curious about why anyone thinks why they think, what, how they created these stories, why they believe those stories, what brought those stories into their mind in the first place. And I don't actually do very much. I'm just a guide. I'm, and the client is actually doing all the work in talking things through. And this is because you gave yourself the space. You put that space in your diary that you are going to work on your thinking. And when you had that space, you knew you had that hour blocked out and you were just thinking things through out loud. And I was just asking the question, you know, question here and there just to maybe go in a little bit deeper. But as you were thinking things through, you were getting ahas, you were getting insights and you were linking things, think, things together and maybe picking up patterns of thinking which you hadn't been aware of before. And that's where this journey takes you. It takes you deeper into your thinking and then you start um, finding these patterns of thinking. And then once you find those patterns of thinking, you can find the limiting beliefs which, are, which put those patterns in place. And then when you start taking out those limiting beliefs, the patterns automatically start unraveling. And when they start unraveling, you think, ah, oh, okay, so now I can think a new belief around that. So for example, when I let go of a belief, I'm not good enough, I came up with a belief, well, of course I'm good enough. You know, of course I am. How can I not be? And it just became a complete truth for me. So this is, is such a simple process. And it's really, it's a, lots of questions to really find out why the, where the client is, what they're thinking about, what they want. And then once we have that in place, we find the limited pattern of thinking. Then we find the limiting beliefs. Then we eliminate the limiting beliefs and that pattern collapses. You describe it as a simple process. It's simple, um, and and you make it look easy. But I, I will tell you, it wasn't easy to go through. Uh, although it took an hour, um, uh, you know, it it, uh, it it certainly stretched my thinking on things, and I think that's really valuable. Um, and and you did it in a very focused way. Um, I, I'm I'm curious, though. I mean, the the skeptic in me. Um, you know, and, and on behalf of our listeners is, is thinking, well, is it really just as simple as sort of saying, if I believe I'm not good enough, I just let go of that and say, okay, now I'm good enough. How do you make these things stick? It seems just too easy to, to just change like that. There is a process, there's a technique that, I, that I've learned, that I've trained in. And this technique, I walk the client step by step through it. So first of all, we find the limiting belief. They rate it out of 10. So we can come back and measure it at the end. I like uh, measurements. And then I take them through a very logical series of steps to find out what's the earliest memory associated with this belief, because we're not born with limiting beliefs. We acquire most of our self-esteem beliefs by the time we're around six because we're not questioning. We're taking on board everything the adults in our lives are saying. So, for example, say a child wants their parents to play with him or her and the parents are busy doing other things. And this keeps happening. So the parents don't get around to playing with a child. Well, after a while, the child will start thinking, why are my parents too busy to play with me? Oh, it's because I'm not important. 
So that limiting belief is created within the child and then the child will carry that limiting belief into the adult life and keep looking for evidence to support that belief. I'm not important because we always like to be right. So once we've identified the limiting belief and the earliest event associated with that, then we go to a place where can they see it in the world? And then we, we make sure that when they, if they think they can see their belief out there in the world, actually, it's never been out there in the world. It's only been in their head. So that's a lie. Then we talk about the feeling part of their belief. Can they feel their belief? Well, of course, we can all feel our beliefs. And then it's just a very easy, logical sequence of steps for them to realize, actually, this belief has never been a truth about them. And I don't think we have time to go through the whole sequence of steps here. And then by the end of the process, I ask them to rate the belief again out of 10. And if it's gone down to a two or a one or a zero, then that belief is not going to bother them. If it's gone down by a few, um, you know, gone down to maybe to a five or a six, then we just go through a few of the steps again until it's completely gone. And they can replace that belief with a new empowering belief, one that they completely believe to be true about them. So it's getting rid of the lies and replacing the lies with the truth of who they really are. And it is, it takes around 15 to 20 minutes to release a belief, which you could have had the whole life. And it's always like, you know, with um, the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy thought that the wizard was all powerful, all knowing. And then the curtain was pulled back and she saw the wizard for who he really was, just an ordinary man. Once you pull back the curtain on your limiting belief and see it for the lie that it really is, you can never make it into a truth again. So it's a very logical way of releasing beliefs. And this is why it appeals to people who are intellectual, or people who are who you know who don't use their intellect so much it's just a very logical way of of uh going through this process and then once we got rid of that limiting belief then we move on to the next one the next one the next one so any challenge any problem that client comes with it's like a house which is sitting on stilts each stilt is a limiting belief and once you pull out enough of those stilts then the house the problem just collapses you know i used to think that that these sort of issues were really just a sign of, of weakness. Uh, you know, that I'm, I'm a big, strong businessman and I should not have these kind of challenges. And then uh, the more I got, uh, you know, the further I got into running businesses and, and creating things uh, and, and the more I got around people who had been very, very successful, uh, who are very, very successful, I realized that, that this is, you know, at a fundamental level, this is sort of the game. Um, you know, in in uh, in American football, we talk about blocking and tackling is sort of the 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 fundamental skill you've got to have in the game. And I think in business, this is one of those fundamental skills. Um, you know, that that really leads you into being able to be successful at everything else. But I also know that a lot of people resist this. Now, at the same time, I've worked with an awful lot of business owners over the last eight years, helping them with their marketing. And in almost every case, in almost every case, before we could get to the point where they had successful marketing, we took them through sort of a counseling and therapy process. And, and I got to tell you, I'm not nearly as skilled at it as you are. Um, and, and that's how I know that this is a widespread challenge in business, because I can only think of out of the dozens of clients that I've worked one-on-one -on -one with, I can only think of one or two that 
where this really wasn't something that we had to deal with. And, and oftentimes, you know, if we want to translate this in, into marketing, oftentimes the reason that you're not marketing effectively is because there's some, so there's something in the back of your mind. There's some part of your thinking that is keeping you from putting out the message that's going to have the impact because there's risk involved in that. And so uh, it's one of the reasons that I was so excited, Nina, for you to come on uh, to, the, to the podcast today, because I, I really think this is kind of a foundational skill. And I think it's a skill to be able to do this, not only to, to work with someone like you to be able to kind of take, you know, take someone through a process, but, uh, but also to always be aware of your thinking. That, to me, that's a skill that you build up over time and you get better at over time. And so thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, before we wrap up, w- would you please share with everybody where they can find out more about what you're doing? Of course. And it's been such a pleasure to be here with you, Steve. They can find out more about my work at Nina, N-I-N-A, Cook, C-O-O-K-E dot co dot U-K forward slash free video training. And the training is how to leverage your thinking so you can smash through your income glass ceiling. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend you go take a look at that. It it will help you. Um, And, and if you look at that and you feel like you want uh, more one-on-one help, definitely reach out to to Nina and, uh, and and take advantage of the good work that she's doing. Um, And uh, you'll, if if that was a long URL, I know um, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. And so if you're listening to this on iTunes, um, it'll be in, in the show description there. If you're listening to this over on our website, it'll be in, uh, in the links in the show notes there. So uh, go find that, um, connect with Nina. And uh, Nina, thanks again for being here today. It's so much fun. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.